Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up? I'm Amobi Okugo, a.k.a. a frugal athlete. So check this out. We came out with an all-new, extensive, brand-new course. Our course, Rookie Mistakes, is a course that helps young athletes and individuals avoid the common mistakes when starting your career. I provide real-life examples, lessons, insights, all that and more to teach you how to identify the rookie mistakes before you make them. And trust me, I've made a lot. It's all about giving yourself the best foundation and head start to build financial and career stability. For more information or to get the course, check out the link in bio. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today, we got a very special guest, uh, Kyle Depies. I talked to him before we got on live to make sure I made that pronunciation right. I'm happy I did. But let me tell you a little bit about Kyle, someone that I've you know come to connect with over the past year or so, uh, maybe a little bit less, but just great energy, you know, great insights, and uh, we really hit it off. So excited to share with you guys his story, someone that's been in the corporate executive space, um, to high school teaching space, to stay at home dad, to now full-time entrepreneur, uh, giving his lessons and insights to, you know, other people. So first and foremost, Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I was, I was holding my breath, but you nailed the last name, man. So I'm, that was awesome. (laughs) Hey, let me not do a disservice too, by the way. Kyle is also a former athlete and we're going to get into his, his background, but I just wanted to play that out there. Like don't sleep on him. He's He's a former athlete as well. Yeah. I'm thinking about changing that in my Instagram bio to say former athlete. But uh, we'll see. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. And great beard, by the way. I'm trying to catch up. Ah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get right into it. You know, give us the, you know, the elevator pitch, you know, your background, you know, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Southeast Wisconsin and I went to school at UW Green Bay. Okay. Is it go bis- Packers? Or- it, it is. Yeah, okay. it absolutely is. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, went to school actually at UW Green Bay. So we would because it couldn't afford a game ticket, we would tailgate for a lot of the games. So um, yeah, business finance is my background. I kind of identify as someone who loves numbers, analytics, all that nerdy stuff. I really, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I think in terms of spreadsheets. And so if anyone thinks that way, they're, they're definitely shaking their head right now. Um, so I, I love numbers. I love all that stuff. I entered corporate America in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right after college. Interestingly enough, being a former athlete, I had an L5-S1 back surgery from college volleyball that I had right after I graduated uh, from college. So I was somewhat of an athlete in, in college. Oh. So I did, uh, I did corporate America stuff for about 13 years between Milwaukee and, uh, Minneapolis where I moved up to work for target. Um, and then I, um, man, I got burned out, um, kind of chasing, uh, the corporate ladder, climbing the corporate ladder and in this rat race that I think a lot of people find themselves in because I had a very self-centered version of what success looked like to me. And I was constantly trying to chase the next rung on the ladder, the next title, the bigger paycheck, all that stuff. And I got so burned out that I left corporate America and uh, became a high school business teacher. And man, I love, I loved it. I enjoy the process of uncovering learning for people. And um, I probably would still be a teacher, um, 
But two years after teaching, uh, we gave, uh, I say we, my wife gave birth to our son, Cal, and uh, I took the ultimate uh, promotion to a stay-at-home dad. And then that gave me really two gifts. The first gift is obvious, the gift of just spending time with your child in, in such mm-hmm. a way that not everyone is given, given that opportunity. And that uh, is really meaningful to me. Um, the second gift is I really just had a chance to say, all right, it's, it's a clean slate. Like if I could do anything, what do I want to do? Yeah. And I started to create the things that I do now. So that's kind of the, the, the nutshell in terms of my history. I love it. I mean, just a lot to unpack from you know, just that quick background and appreciate you for sharing. When you say the, the you know, what success looks like for you, because especially with athletes, we think of success as you got to make it to the top, Hall of Fame, 10 plus year career, or it's a failure. When the fact that you made it pro or the fact that you made it to the collegiate level or the fact that you made it to high school, that's success within itself. Um, so what did that what did that success look like for you? And then how did you have that? You know what? This is not what it's about. Yeah. Well, I think I think the real lesson is we have to sit down and and really define for ourselves what does success mean, as opposed to what is success that other people tell us it should look like. And I was caught up in that latter one where I was, all right, it's it's uh, the next the next big title, uh, it's the paycheck, and it's all the things that that paycheck would then allow me to buy, and it's all these, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me, uh, and then I realized that. I don't know that a self-centered version of success is really the target. Mm-hmm. I think fulfillment is the target. And I kind of define that as using my gifts and talents and strengths and my story to make a positive impact on other people while having fun along the way. Because uh, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. So uh, I kind of redefined what do I want my life to look like? What do I want to chase? I want to chase fulfillment, not success. Because when I actually found that level of success in the corporate space, it was extremely empty and it sucked and it was lonely. And while I might've had, you know, the success in one category of life professional, all the other categories of life were empty. I was in terrible shape. I was in, I didn't have great relationships in my life. That was probably, you know, a time in my marriage where it just wasn't a good time because I was all focused on on work and being successful Mm -hmm. at work. I burned all the other bridges to get there. And so I think, I think the lesson, at least for me, is, is you get a chance to define what your life is going to look like and what you want it to be and what those measures and metrics of success are and don't allow other people to tell you what that looks like. No, I love that. And I definitely wrote that down. Success versus fulfillment. Definitely going to have to do something on that. Uh, I love that a lot. And then you mentioned uh, high school teaching, you know, from the yeah. business level. I love that because I've always been growing up on the fact that you learn more when you teach and the fact that you te- taught at such a pivotal age business, yeah. uh, it's a game changer. So if you were to run a class strictly for like athletes, um, athlete entrepreneurs, athletes that are looking for that transition, I know you've already worked with some athletes in the past. What are the core business principles that you would, you know, mm. focus on? What's that syllabus looking like? I love that question. Um, and in high school, just like anywhere else, um, if, if you just get up in front of the room and, and you just kind of lecture and, and teach, uh, you're going you're gonna to catch maybe 5 to 10% of that <laughs> audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know that I learned this way. I learned by doing. I learned by experiencing. So when I was in high school, I actually taught entrepreneurship. 
And I had about, it, it was a small school, right? So there wasn't a lot of kids there. Um, there was 10 kids in entrepreneurship. In my first year, we started a coffee shop. I said, you know, we could take, uh, we could take the textbook on entrepreneurship and we could look at case studies or we could start a business. What do y'all want to do? And everyone's like, let's try it. Uh, so the first year we started a coffee shop, you know, it was only open. I think it was open one or two days a week. And then it gave mm -hmm. us a chance to like, all right, we're selling macchiato. Like, how's that selling? You know, we're yeah. selling this. Like, I mean, do we need to be open longer? Should we add another modality and sell donuts? Should we like, it's much more of a rich learning experience when people yeah. get to actually do it. Year two, um, you know, again, probably eight, 10 kids. And this year, I, I, that year I stepped it up. I said, each one of you have to start a business. Oh, okay. and, and some of them, you know, their business was just, I'm going to write the school newsletter. Like it, they're not getting paid for it, but it's a way for them to kind of creatively express themselves yeah. and then look at, all right, well, what if I got like, what if I had advertisement in my newsletter from local businesses um, some kids, they, one kid, actually, he was a, he was a high school basketball kid. He loves basketball. And he's like, I don't know, Mr. D. Cause no one said my last name. He's like, Mr. D, I don't know what businesses are. I said, well, why don't, what's, what's important to you? What's on your heart? Um, and he's like, man, the equip, the gym equipment sucks for basketball. <laughs> I was like, well, let's, you want to complain about it? Or you want to do something about it? Yeah. And he said, let's do something. I said, all right. Well, so we, we started a charity basketball tournament and he brought in like seven grand uh, and then what? all that money was used to buy new basketball equipment. Yeah. So I think when you just give people a chance to uh, learn something by viscerally feeling it mm -hmm. versus just kind of conceptually understanding it, it's a big difference. So that, and that's kind of the work that I do now is I just, I invite people to step into learning by experiencing it viscerally. And that applies to anyone, whether it's an athlete who's looking for their 2.0 career um, or it's a high school kid, or it's someone in the corporate world. It's, it's all the same. If you, you got to learn by doing it and, and experiencing it. No, I love that. You got to, you got to jump in the pool to swim. And, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and the, the experiences that you talk about, I feel like your entrepreneur journey started from that high school moment, um, yeah. you know, with the experiences. So let's get into that. Um, that's how we connected. Uh, I know you got some wonderful ideas that are going to continue. You talked about kind of version 2.0 of your business, but yeah. for the people that don't know you, let's, let's get into it. So I, being in corporate America and kind of being on that executive track, I was sent to all, you know, sent to the, the leadership conferences and the seminars and, you know, all that stuff. And then I took an interest in personal growth and development when I was the stay at home dad. So I went to like the John Maxwell conferences in Florida and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, you got, hundreds or thousands of people that are sitting in a conference room. And I'm like, dude, this is the same thing when I was in high school as a teacher, like no one wants to learn this way, yeah. but here we are, you know, paying thousands of dollars to go through a leadership thing. And all we do is listen to someone speak about it. Like, no, I want to. So I'm the kind of guy who sits in the back of the room. You might, you might appreciate this because I feel like you're probably sitting next to me. So I'm sitting in the back of the room. And there's, there's speakers all day and I sit through the morning session and I'm like, I go to lunch and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to skip the afternoon session and I'm going to go surfing or I'm going to go yeah. golfing or I'm going to go take a hike. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then I'll find someone later on at happy hour or whatever it might be and just 
grab a glass of bourbon and like, Moby, what's, what's going on in your world and what's happening and, and how can I help? And that's where true transformation happens. Yeah. Not listening to someone talk about whatever they're talking about. Like that might work for some people, but for misfits like me, that doesn't work. So I thought, all right, what if I take not hundreds of thousands of people, but I take a meaningful group of 12 to 16. And then instead of a hotel conference room, how do I get people like experiencing the, the subject matter I want them to experience? Yeah. Great outdoors or, or something they've never done before. And I'm just going to create this little transformational container and bring people into it. And the lessons are, are rich because they're visceral. No, I, love so it. That, I, love I mean, that's kind of how it came to be. Like, it just was an idea that I had and I just threw it out there and it's morphed. Like, as you know, man, the, yeah. uh, it's never linear. It's a big squiggly line and I've taken steps forward, taken steps back, but it's moving in the right direction. So talk about the very first event, because I remember, you know, um, hearing your story and, you yeah. know, you spoke about it eloquently about starting it, you know, not really knowing who was going to attend, you know, if it was the right you know, market fit. And um, since then, you've grown kind of like a hockey stick. Um, but talk about that very first event, because I know a lot of people that want to start businesses and they have great ideas. But for you to execute, I mean, that's the, that's the fulfillment right there. But mm. uh, for folks that want to hear that, can you please share? Yeah, here's the dirty secret. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, <laughs> ah, like absolutely none. So I, I had an idea <clears throat> and all I did was I had enough faith in myself and what I knew I was capable of delivering to push me past anything that was stopping me, like whether it was a limiting belief or some naysayer, I knew I could do it. So I rented out 10 rooms at this really cool um, lakeside retreat place in Northern Minnesota on Lake Superior. And then I just started to design backwards. So I'm all right, I want people to step into it and I want them to step out of it this, doing this. And that is some sort of big aha moment, some big insight, some transformation and a great new tribe of people in their life. All right, I'm going to get helicopters from the local airport to drop in at the hotel and pick my group up. Okay, we're going to hover over waterfalls a couple hundred feet up. I'm going to freak them out a little bit, stepping out of their comfort zone. And then we're going to come back down and we're going to talk about it. Like, when you say freak them out, what do you mean? Oh, well, I mean, like, like if I put someone in a helicopter and there's no doors on it, like they're going to have a little bit of fear. Okay, and I want, cool. I I want them was like making like, like, like almost like, oh, the engine's failing. Like, okay, uh, no. all right, perfect. We're simulating a crash. Ready? Uh, <laughs> nice. If I get them to step into fear, mm -hmm. right. And, and show them like, dude, you just like, you just overcame that fear. Like where else might fear be stopping you in your life? Because now we can talk like that's an invitation to have that conversation. Yeah. But if I just said a moment, like where's fear stopping you in your life? Like you might give me an answer but it might not be the best answer. So how do I break through those walls of vulnerability faster than normal? Cause I only have 48 hours mm -hmm. inside that experience. So I had this idea, I created it and I just went out to my network and said, all right, here's what I'm doing. Um, who wants to, who wants to come with? And I had people raise their hand, but it was all dudes. And I was yeah. like, Oh, that's weird. Like I didn't market it to guys. I didn't, yeah. 
I wasn't planning on that, but what took course, uh, what, what, what happened over the course of 48 hours, it was really obvious to me that men maybe just don't feel like they have a good outlet or a good space for this kind of stuff because there would not have been those conversations. It was mixed company. And I even polled and surveyed my group and said, Hey, would you have talked about that if there was, you know, and they're like, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, maybe I need to list like it's market feedback. Right. Like maybe I need to listen to that feedback and keep trying it. So, you know, I did, and I, we did it again. I failed that one, but I just kept going and we, you know, we went dog sledding through the, the boundary waters of Canada and, and Minnesota. And we just, we just keep doing fun stuff, but that was the origin stories. Like I never intended it to, to be all guys, uh, it just worked out that way. I listened to the feedback and I just kept rolling with it. No, that's amazing. How much of your skill set, you know, with Excel and like, like the work you did in corporate America, uh, <laughs> help with like starting the business? Um, that's a really good question. And the reason why I, I pause is there's a couple parts to the answer. The first part is through my 13 years of, of corporate America stuff. If I look back, I can connect the dots now mm -hmm. because I can see like, all right, when I was working for the company that owns Radisson hotels, I raised my hand and volunteered to be a corporate trainer and, and teach the brand training to people offsite. I'm like, oh, it's really cool. So I can see now in hindsight that I naturally gravitated towards these types of things, yeah. but I never really put the two together while I was in it. Right. Um, and then it was important for me to take that teacher role because now I can actually work on designing learning for people. And then it was important that I do a stay at home dad because yeah. then it gave me the chance to have a white, white slate and just like, I've got nothing on the canvas. What do I want to create now? Yeah. And so I can see it all in hindsight. I couldn't see it all in the moments. So that that's piece one. Piece two is like skill sets. Um, I think I developed a strong network in corporate America. Um, and I think some of the work that I did was really helpful uh, to, to be in this position now. Now, like the part about Excel spreadsheets and things like that, that probably isn't super helpful. <laughs> but in terms of like running a business and, and yeah. looking at P&Ls and looking at all that stuff, that's important because yeah. uh, I do a fair amount of modeling. I've got some projects coming up that I, I've got to sit down and look at numbers first to see if it makes sense. So that is important as well, just not as obvious yeah. as some of the other ones. No, I loved how you said about like that hindsight versus in the moment, because with a lot of athletes and their, you know, athlete 2.0, as you, you coined earlier, is that they don't see some of the things that they've learned from sport that can apply to their next thing. And yeah. I think when you look at it, your, your future is in your past. You know, you have to look at some of the things that you've done, um, whether it's on the field, off the field during your career and how you can apply it um, for whatever happens next. And I think, mm -hmm. like you said, you were called to do it you were led to do it but the path that you took was the path um for it so yeah. um i think it was really cool insight that you shared and i yeah. would love to talk uh you know specifically about some of the things you talked about numbers and obviously this is a frugal athlete we love numbers we love money management um that's something that you're passionate about as well yeah. a quote that you you mentioned is you can't out earn financial uh bad financial decisions can you like elaborate on that please <laughs> 
Yes, because there's a school of thought out there that goes along the lines of, of um, you can out earn any financial problems you have. Mm-hmm. And that's true to an extent. But it, like, if I don't take care of basic financial habits, you know, things like budgeting and knowing where my money's going, if I make more money, I'll just spend the money. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, you've seen the case studies from the past and, and in the current, like it happens all over the place. It doesn't really matter how much money you make if you spend all of it. Um, so to me, it's, it's uh, you know, the question of how do I just continue to increase the gap? And the gap is the gap between how much I make and how much I spend, because all of that money is just used to plant seeds. And then those seeds just become gardens and forests and things that bear fruit and you can live off of it. So yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite things. Cause I see it all the time too. I see in corporate America, I see entrepreneurs, CEOs, founders, they make a ton of money, um, but they spend it all. And I'm like, yeah. you've, you've got to install some habits in your life because you'll just continue to live in this perpetuating cycle that, that you can't get out of. And I see it in entrepreneurs too, all the time. Like, oh, I had a, a really six, six figure, seven figure launch. Well, that's great. But it, you also spent six figures, seven figures yeah. to get it. So <laughs> thank I'm you for saying Im- that. People I'm don't say Im- that enough. I'm not that Im- anyone can go out there and just throw money at Facebook ads. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get it. But, um, in the entrepreneur's world there, everyone talks about revenue. No one talks about profitability. And, you know, it's the same, it's, you can use that same parallel thinking to, you know, personal finance. It's like, it's, it doesn't matter how much you, how much you make is important. Yes. But I'm more impressed by how much you actually keep and then use to invest in, in things like that. No, I love that. That's really important. I'm glad you said that. Can you talk about some of the financial healthy habits that you implement um, to your own, you know, your life and your financial playbook? Yeah. So I mentioned the B word before. I think budgeting is is important. I know some people don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but I think when you understand what budgeting does for you, it's permission to spend. It's not something where it's like, it's constricting, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think there's a difference. It's actually quite freeing when you understand how to do a budget. It's not constricting. So I think that's really important. Um, I'm married. And so, you know, we kind of go, we go through our money together and we, we talk about things together and we sit down once a month and we look at the next month that's coming up and we do money together. I think that's really important. Um, even though my wife is a CPA, she's not a numbers person, which is very strange to say. Um, but Opposites tend to attract. So mm-hmm. I'm the detail numbers guy. She's not. So it's my job then to bring the budget to her and talk about it in a short amount of time as possible. <laughs> because if it was up to me, we'd spend hours on it. And I would have graphs and V lookups and spreadsheets. Yeah. She doesn't care. She just like, what are we doing? What's going on? What's the update? Okay. So I think being able to understand how to communicate to your partner is really, really important. Um you know, a couple other ones too, is like, how do you make systems so that things are somewhat on autopilot for you? So, you know, whether it's, okay, I invest 20% of what I make, 5% of that goes to this, 5% this crypto, like, like what is your system? And then how do you make things into systems? So it's easier for you. I think that's also really important. Um, so those are the three things that I talk about the most. No, that's amazing. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you're listening 
I don't care if you listen to the whole podcast, but if you listen to that segment right there, uh, you'll get all the information you need when it comes to financial healthy habits, you know, from the standpoint of budgeting, you know, giving permission instead of contradicting or constricting um, to working with your partner, you know, with athletes, you know, the divorce rate is very high and for a number of reasons. And then we all know marriage divorce rate is very high for um, because of financial issues. So you got to work with the team. If you don't have a partner, you got to have a team and communicate that. Um, as well. Um, and then lastly, you, you spoke about having system and processes. I think yeah. for athletes specifically, we're so used to routines and playbooks and, you know, plans. And if we could yeah. do the same with our finances, um, it'll make all the difference. So, you know, and I, th- I think, especially as I look at athletes or, or if this works for anyone is to, exactly. is to put a team in place. And that's someone who can help you be accountable. That's someone who's like, Hey, I'm considering like this investment. What do you, what do you think? Um, someone who is good at taxes, uh, I would have like a team around me and it's almost like a board of advisors and you just got people speaking life into you, running decisions and ideas and investment opportunities past you. I think, you know, and that could be any category of life, but especially finances is have Mm -hmm. some sort of board of advisors, informal or formal. But I think that's really important, especially if someone's not married, that's, that's probably, even more important. No, I, I completely agree. And I appreciate you sharing. Can you talk about experiences versus materialistic things? Yeah. Um, obviously you're in the space and I think it's important, you know, for people, not only athletes to understand, like invest in something that's going to give back to you over mm. time. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan, obviously of experiences because that's the business that I'm, that I'm in. <laughs> but, but I think that, you know, you look at, at the end of the day, at the end of, of life, and, and you're analyzing, how did I live life? Did I live life to the fullest? Did I have a full life? Are you going to remember something you bought that was a, a thing? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to remember an experience and how that made you feel? And it doesn't have to cost you something, right? Like we go down to uh, whatever and just watch the sunset. And that's just something that my wife and son and I, it's something we celebrate together. It's an experience for us. And I will always remember that stuff. Um, now, will I remember certain things I purchased that are toys or, or whatever it might be? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't even know what I got last Christmas to be, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I got. You know, there's, so there's just things that I don't know. If you look at, do you create a bucket list? Uh, yes. So yeah. if you look at your bucket list, how many, how many of them are experiences or things? Uh, experiences. Yeah. And I think, like I think 90%. most people, I think most people would probably say that. So that's kind of how I answer it is I look at like, what are all the, the what about my life to look like and how much of that stuff are, are experiences or things. And in my bucket list too, which is a large white sheet of paper that's sitting over there, mm-hmm. it, I, there's nothing on there that I want to really like buy as a thing. It's all things that I want to feel from an experience, like go here, write a book, uh, you know, this, this, they're all experiences. So I think if you were to look in the mirror and just honestly answer the question of what does a full life look like to me and how do I want to really live life? You're going to find that the majority of things are probably experiences. No, I love that. And not to segue, but um, obviously with your business, you know, it's considered almost like a mastermind. And I want to talk about like iron sharpened iron. Mm. Um, you're also in a mastermind. 
um, with athletes, you're in that environment, that competitive nature of team. But talk about the importance of finding your community, finding people that are going to push you, finding people that are going to challenge you to be your best self. Yeah. I think athletes understand this really well. And it comes down to this one sentence. You will rise to the occasion of who you're playing, right? You, you mm -hmm. rise to a competitive level or you kind of fall to the level that your competitors at. So would you like, you want to hang out with people that are like, man, they're crushing it in life and business. And that's inspiring to me. It's pushing me to be better. And when I went from corporate America or even stay at home, dad to entrepreneur, I had to find those people because they were not currently in my life. I came from the corporate world, right? I came from, um, from, from that. And as a stay at home dad, like I didn't even really have a lot of community at all in my life. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people struggle with that and like, Kyle, like, how do I, how do I find it? I can't find it. The honest, honest to God answer is create it, to create it yourself, that. start yeah. your own mastermind, start your own group. That's like, Hey, I want to go through whatever book is, is something that's really important to me. And I'm just going to like, Hey, once a week, for the next six weeks, let's just go through it together. Like just start your own mastermind, whether it's paid or not paid, doesn't really matter. But the excuse of, I think I can't find these people is, is no longer valid. I had a guy on my podcast who started a group, Facebook group, and now it's grown to thousands of people across the entire world. It's called DMD dads married to doctors. And so if you think that whatever you're looking for is, there's a group is like, for everyone. there's a group. Thank you. You took the words out. There is a group for everyone. And so I think that if you can't find your community, you need to create your community. And I think that's really important because, you know, if you're someone who's looking to grow your life, uh, expand, live in this, you know, an expansive world and you've got to find those people and that's yeah. going to take effort. Or, and or it's going to take money. You've got, you got to invest in things like that because that's what those people do. Uh, I, I love that you said that um, because as athletes, you know, when we're done playing, we don't have that team. So if you have to create it, you have to find it, you have to invest in it, yep. you got to do it because like you said, uh, you rise to the occasion and you got to, yep. you know, put yourself in those environments to challenge yep. yourself. Yep. Um, let's talk, let's talk, you know, branding, marketing. You mentioned the podcast. Can you please, you know, promote yourself real quick. We're going to have your information in the show notes and mm. description, but um, talk about your podcast, talk about, you know, what it was like to grow that. And uh, I know we want to get, I, I personally, I selfishly uh, want to get into you know, course building and membership because mm. uh, that's stuff you do as well. Yeah. Um, so the podcast is called Reaching Beyond. Uh, I had a, a great uh, pro soccer player on there just not, not too long ago, a couple months <laughs> So you can find that episode <laughs> on there. Uh, but yeah, I, man, I love it just because podcasting, like I think pretty much everyone should have a podcast because it gives you the chance to have conversations like this yeah. with people that you may, may, may not have had the opportunity to meet. And so it, it's a beautiful invitation to expand your network, to have great conversations, and then you provide great content for people that it makes an impact on their life. Like it is the, it is a win, win, win in, in every sense of the, of the way. And so I've just been having a lot of fun with it. I, I enjoy it. It's just great to have conversations. As you can tell, I'm not overly serious. So it's a little bit lighthearted, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, we, 
we have a good time. I enjoy it. And that's kind of my way also to kind of help spread the message. And oddly enough, and I mentioned it earlier that uh, my network was, was something that was extremely helpful as I look to create these experiences. I have developed a few different experiences based off of people that I met through my podcast. Really? And so it's been an incredible journey. Uh, I think, I think you and I are going to have, have some things coming up uh, in oh, Austin yep. and not Most too far. Definitely. So again, it's one of those things where you just get to meet incredible people and and that is the, the best part of it. Uh, that's what it's all about. And um, I love what you said, um, podcasting, whether you try to do it for money or not, um, there's so many benefits from it. I can name so much, whether it's networking, public speaking, mm-hmm. communication skills, you know, business savviness, like it just goes relationships. Um, it goes on and on. Um, let me talk about courses because I know offline we've been talking about it. Mm-hmm. How, how, all right, courses versus membership, because I mean, with your business, you touched on a little bit of both, but you, you're known for your development of different courses. So can you talk about that real quick, you know, as athletes, you know, look to, you know, provide different uh, streams of revenue um, at courses has been one avenue that they are exploring. Uh, me personally, I'm definitely exploring that. Uh, so I'd love to get your expertise. Yeah. Courses, uh, you look at education, you know, nowadays and, and education is really changing. And, you know, just, just the, here's a great example. Just the other day I was, um, I was like, man, I got to like, I kind of get crypto, but I don't really get crypto. Uh-huh. And so where am I going to go for that? You know what I mean? And I just bought a course for like 99 bucks. And I was like, oh, that was like, I feel great now about, <laughs> you know, crypto and what my strategy is and how do I buy and, and how do I like, how and when do I sell? I'm like 99 bucks. Like that's, it's such a good deal. And so if you've got uh, expertise and knowledge that can make an impact and add value to people, it's very, very easy to create a course for it. Um, and so a lot of people will start with, first thing they'll do is they'll create like a group coaching program. And then all they do is they just record it. And so now you've got video and you can take that video and drop it into a course and you don't have to do any additional work. And so it's all just about repurposing the content that you probably already have. So, and that's really simple because now you've got um, a really low ticket price, really low ticket offer. And you also have your group coaching if you choose to keep that. So you got a medium ticket offer and then you could go down the funnel yet and create a high ticket offer, which would be a one-on-one type of a thing, or in my case, an experience where it's, it's a higher ticket. So, it's, it's really just about how do I be smart with my content and repurpose it and think with the end in mind. Like if I want to create a course, how do I just start to use the content that I have and, and perhaps repurpose it? Like you don't need to spend thousands of dollars to have this beautiful studio and bring someone <laughs> in and help you design it. Like, oh, just take your iPhone and record. Yeah. And that's probably it. Or record your existing group coaching sessions and you've already got it like 99 bucks for the course that I paid. I don't even, I couldn't tell you what his studio looked like because it was a screen share the entire time. So don't overthink it. Keep it really simple, really easy. All people want is the content and the knowledge. They don't care so much about the video quality. There's a little bit of grace that people give you with that. They don't care about your background. Um, It's all about the knowledge and the, and the information that you have. 
I love that. As, lo as long as you're authentic, um, the education space at tech is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's only mm -hmm. going to continue to grow. Um, if, if you're authentic and like you said, if you're sharing knowledge in a value add way, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. So, yeah. you know, as athletes, if you consider this, you know, I love we talked about like the low ticket offer versus medium ticket offer versus high ticket and using the content that you already have. Um, you can, you can, you can become quite successful. And yep. the fact that you have experiences and, you know, valuable skills, you know, whether it's like how I made it to a pro this is the workouts that I do, this is the diet I have, you yep. know, this, how do I network? How do I, how do I transition? The, the subjects are endless and, um, you know, make sure you, you reach out to Kyle. We're going to have his information in the show notes. If you want more information on that or want to check out his experience, but uh, Kyle in closing, what is something that you would want someone to take away from, you know, what you got going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the last, you know, whatever it is, almost two years have really shown us a lot. And, and I think, you know, one of the things for me is if you're not living a life that's on fire and you're excited and it brings you joy and you're making an impact so you, you, I mean, stop. What do you, I don't know what you're waiting for, but, but I would take action today because tomorrow is certainly not guaranteed to you. And, you know, life is short and I know it's really cliche, but you know, as, as we get older and I've, I'm over the hump of 40 and, and you, you know, things happen to people around you and you don't want to live with regret uh, on what yeah. could have been, should have been, um, live a life that's on fire because when you do that, you're giving permission for other people to do the same thing. And that's how you inspire others. And that's a great ripple effect that I would, would love to see happen because I want to see each person stepping into their gifts and their talents and their stories and owning it and just making a beautiful impact on other people. Um, that's how we change the world. So that, that's what I would say. No, I love that. And in closing, I got one class question or actually two, one okay. financial book that you'd recommend and then the second one, um, before we give you the opportunity to share your, 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 your platforms and stuff, what's one thing that you've done that you'd recommend for everyone else to do and why? The first book, oh, I mean, there's so much, man. Um, I, think the, I think The Richest Man in Babylon is, mm -hmm. is probably what I would say for the finance one. Um, the second one, I just finished writing a book. Okay. Yes. And, and Where do we pre-order? <laughs> uh, it's not, I don't, you mean just find me on Instagram, but um, it was such a beautiful process in many different ways. It was challenging. It was hard. It was fun. It was rewarding in all. It was like a, a, a vortex and of emotions wrapped mm -hmm. up in this thing. Like, and it was, so I think, I think everyone should write a book and I think everyone should, because to me, it's a legacy thing. I want my yeah. son to read it when he's older. I want my grandkids to read it. And because it's from the heart, it's, it's my yeah. life. And what an amazing thing to pass on. I don't care if one person buys it or a lot more than that, it doesn't matter to me, but I think it brought out something unique in me and it pushed me past some limitations and limiting beliefs. So I think everyone should write a book. That's, that's what I yeah. would say. Okay. I love it. And then uh, give the, the people the opportunity to connect with you. Obviously you shared your, 
podcast, Reaching yeah. Beyond. Your book yeah. is out or will be out very soon. Yeah. Um, but where can they find you? Instagram is probably the place where I would, would hang out the most. Um, you know, yeah. I took you, I took you as a TikTok guy. I, I'm not, <laughs> you know what? I was on TikTok and then it was off. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. I honestly, I love Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love social media because I just, I truly and authentically want to connect with people and I want to have conversations and I want to get to know people. And if I can provide value and help, that's great. Um, but yeah, I just, man, I enjoy social media, social media for what it's supposed to be and just connecting and, and getting to know people. And so you, you send me a message on Instagram, I, I would for sure send it, send one back. So that's probably the best place. Uh, most definitely. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is Kyle Deppi. Yes. Uh, pleasure. A lot of insights. Make sure you guys check out, um, what he's got going on, um, check out the show notes in the description. Uh, definitely have all his information if you want to connect with him. Uh, Kyle is someone that's doing amazing things and uh, really appreciate you coming on. Um, at the time of this recording, it is in 2021, but you are listening to this in 2022. So a little bit of the future in the past, past in the future. So uh, appreciate you guys. And hopefully, please leave a review um, and uh, subscribe. Do what you got to do. Um, it helps us get discovered. It helps us grow the channel. And uh, thanks again, Kyle. Really appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Most definitely. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.